Life Happens Weekdays 1 to 3 p.m. Good afternoon, one, uh, eight minutes after one o'clock and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. Cece joins us now on the line. Um, she is, uh, I'm not going to say where she is exactly, but she's on the line with us from Zimbabwe. Thank you so much for joining us, Cece. Thank you. And, and we're so glad you're safe. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pamela. Thank you so much for talking to me. Let me just, you know, first just delve into you personally. How are you feeling today? Well, I'm relieved to be out and at home, and I've had two good nights of rest, and um, I've had time to think about it all. I'm feeling a bit sad that this is happening in Zimbabwe, but I'm also grateful that I got off lightly because other people had far worse experiences. Um, People were abducted and tortured quite brutally. And so there's a lot for me to be mulling over. So, see, you know, as I said, I was was looking at your timeline up until you were not able to tweet anymore. Would you be able to tell us what happened when you stopped tweeting? When I stopped tweeting, we had been taken down to the central police station from the local one where we were arrested. And I didn't quite know what was going on. The local police station had not charged us, which was a bonus. Normally, we would have been charged at the local police station, but that didn't happen. So when we got to the central police station... Uh, there was some paperwork to do because um, that wasn't the normal procedure. And so it looked as though anything could happen at that point. And so I thought, Mm. let me save my battery because I wouldn't have been able to recharge in case I needed to tweet again. So that's what was going on then. Take us through leading up to the actual protest. What happened before Friday? For me, the whole process began when Jacob Ngari Vume, who's a politician here, called for the protest. And he said, more or less, he called on Zimbabweans to protest against their suffering, and he gave the date of the 31st of July. And this was several weeks before the protest. And the protest, according to Ngari Vume, was to have been against corruption. And I engaged with the idea of protest, but I did ask him to clarify about what the protest was going to target, because it seemed to me that corruption was only a small part of the issues that we are contending with in Zimbabwe. And so I engaged to try and broaden some of the messages that I thought were important to get across to the authorities Um, from the citizens' point of view. We have political parties and we have civil society, but really the citizens themselves do not have a strong voice at the moment. And one of the reasons for this is the crisis in the economy. So most people are just working to get their food on the table each day, and people don't have time to engage in political consciousness raising and so that was my concern because I think that as we go forward we need clarity on the political direction we want to take and how we want to engage with the authorities at that level so that 
when the time comes to talk, which it is definitely going to happen, we have a citizen's voice there, and I find that that is lacking. So I engaged with that and started tweeting about possible messages that people could put on their placards. And the other issue was how to demonstrate safely in a time of a COVID-19 pandemic. Mm. So I was tweeting about making sure that we don't get into very large groups and social distancing, that we had to wear our masks in order to comply with the regulations. I also tweeted about the need to have positive messages which are not confrontational. I tweeted about the need to think beyond wanting something to go, but further to wanting to build something positive for all Zimbabweans. So those are the kinds of messages I was tweeting in the run-up to the protest. Was the protest legal? It is very difficult to say. According to the Constitution of Zimbabwe, Section 59, Zimbabweans do have the right to protest or to demonstrate, rather, Mm -hmm. and petition peacefully. However, we are in a time of COVID-19 pandemic, and so there are statutory instruments that limit movement And there is massive uh, legislation in Zimbabwe that limits gatherings anyway. Mm. So in order to make it legal, one, we wanted to maneuver Mm. between all these sets of regulations that make it very difficult for us to exercise our freedoms, which is why people came up with the idea of demonstrating in small groups in locations, Mm -hmm. one's own location. But it didn't help. Um, For example, I am a person that's permitted to go shopping to their nearest shopping center, Mm -hmm. but you could have been picked up between your home and the shopping center, and and, uh, some people were picked up. So none of those legalities really seemed to be the issue. And um, the charges that most of us received were to do with inciting violence, which really was not the case. One of the young women who was arrested on the same day as I was had a poster that read, I am protesting peacefully, and she was walking peacefully with a few other people, and they, they were still arrested. So are you saying in your charge sheet there there is no mention of you contravening the COVID-19 regulations? It speaks about something completely different. That did come up later. Okay. Uh, We were charged on the day eventually. And then on the Saturday morning, they did talk about contravening the COVID-19 regulations. Um, we were socially distanced, we had our masks, and so uh, this is very much at discretion. We had not, um, so yes, that is something that people will have to look into. Yes. Um, But then again, the COVID-19 regulations are also rather draconian, and the way they have been legislated and are being implemented is in a way that many Zimbabweans, including myself, 
field is a clampdown on the Zimbabwean nation. Um, I understand up to 100,000 Zimbabweans have been arrested for contravening the regulations since uh, uh, this period began. And that is a lot of people to be arrested. And one really wonders what kind of Zimbabwe we would have if the authorities were as interested in proper things and arresting crime and the said corruption. But instead, 100,000 Zimbabweans more and more have been arrested for contravening um, the COVID-19 regulations. You spoke a little bit um, about the fact that at some point you, you weren't able to go to the bathroom, for instance, to the toilet to relieve yourselves. What, what were you able to do in the holding cells? Were you fed? Um, that issue about not having bathroom facilities was uh, in the local police station where we had been held. Mm. And um, it's just the, the deterioration in service delivery, including... Uh, sanitation in Zimbabwe that uh, is making that kind of situation difficult. Um, And also, yes, so we had to rely on the kindness of another police officer, and that was solved. But the reason why I tweeted that is because it's an example Mm. of the deterioration in service. No water, which makes having clean bathrooms Mm. difficult, no electricity in many places, which also makes pumping water from boreholes, if you're lucky enough to have them, difficult. I find it interesting that you're saying that from the kindness of another police officer who made it possible for you to get access to sanitation, were they hostile to you or were you treated a little bit more differently? Uh, They were not hostile. Um, There were individual differences, but I have... very little complaint about the way I was treated at the level mm-hmm. of a human being. Mm. Um, really, uh, other people did not fare so well at all. What do you attribute that to, Tissi? Sorry, would you repeat that, please? Why do you think you would... I mean, we've seen videos, we've heard of other journalists and how they've been treated. We know, you know, we've, we've heard reports. Why do you think you were not, um, you know, you were treated better? Well, for one thing, I demonstrated with a friend of mine, and we're both middle-aged women. Mm. And I think that that was very clear from the very beginning. Um the officer who approached us was very calm Mm -hmm. and not at all aggressive and we decided to comply straight away because we wanted to keep the the situation diffused and so i think there was a consciousness all around that we did not want to escalate things and i think that was a very good thing and i wish there would be more of that consciousness Mm You are now charged. When are you going to appear in court again? My court date is September the 18th. Titi, you know, there is a lot happening in Zimbabwe and, and you've highlighted some of the things that you're protesting against. You, you have an opportunity, I think, for, for a listening audience who want to really understand what concerns you the most at the moment in Zimbabwe. What concerns me the most at the moment in Zimbabwe 
is the Zimbabwean notion of nation and authority. Because a lot of Zimbabweans subscribe to the kinds of manifestations of authority and power that we have at the moment that are so disabling. And so I feel that we need a better consciousness of what it is to be Zimbabwean and how to build our nation. And that really is where I work to engage, whether it's with my literature, whether it was engaging with the people who called for the demonstration to to talk to them about possibly broadening the perspective. Um, I find that in a way, we still have quite a colonial mentality in that any idea that comes out of the citizenry that may not be in harmony with what the authorities have in mind is attributed to influence from somewhere else. So it does seem as though we do not yet understand that we have our own minds and our own agency. And so this is something that I really want to work at, that we develop this notion of the average Zimbabwean as somebody who has an independent mind, can think things through for her or himself, come to decisions and act without a foreign person dangling $20. Now, I think a lot of it is disinformation, but a lot of information is is put out on social media and in other sources that anybody who demonstrates in Zimbabwe is being paid $20 an appearance by some foreign entity. And it is absolutely not true. And in fact, um, two of the young men who were in the same a group of arrested people, as I was, had been abducted and tortured. And according to them, one of the questions that was asked repeatedly was, who is paying you? Mm. I was also asked that when I was arrested in the vehicle, who is paying you? I have been asked that on social media. People say to me, Titi, um, I'm being paid by ZANU-PF. What about you? Who is paying you? I'm not ashamed to tell you who my master is. So who is your master? So there seems to be this assumption that Zimbabweans are not masters of themselves, Mm. but have to have another master. And that is something that I really want to work to change. If you don't mind, Sissy, I don't know if you'll be comfortable to take any calls. May I open the lines for you to take calls if you don't mind? Yes, we All can right. do that. Thank you. All right. 0891-104-207. Our WhatsApp number is not working at the moment. So if you want to send an SMS, you can do that on 41391. Back to you, Titi. Um, are you afraid? Am I afraid? Hmm. Well, there are levels of fear. Hmm. We know the country we live in and the structures of power that we have. Mm -hmm. We have had situations like this before, especially, for example, 2008. Yes. And then in the 2016 to 17, leading up uh, Mm -hmm. to the change of government um, in 2017. 
And so we are aware of the country that we live in. And so we try, at least I personally try to move in ways that are legal, but still leverage those loopholes and, and the space that is available for expression. And it does seem as though that space is shrinking. For me, Friday was um, a, a real wake-up call in that respect because I had done solo demonstrations before mm. and had not been arrested, had been seen by members of the uniformed forces. Mm. So I was hopeful that that kind of openness would be the case on Friday as well. And then when it was clear that it wasn't and that there was an even greater clampdown, that signaled to me that there has been a shift. Mm -hmm. And I think that is really um, deplorable, but it is something we now have to negotiate with. So fear is present. For me, the question is, is the fear debilitating Mm. uh, or can I still move with the fear? And that is what I try to do. my work is non-confrontational. Mm. That is one of my principles. It's always about the Zimbabwe we would like to have mm. rather than condemning the Zimbabwe we have now. Mm. Because I feel that putting my energy into condemning the Zimbabwe we have now that does not divert energy to building the better country that we all want. Mm. And so um, uh, I trust, I have faith in... God and the forces of goodness, that that kind of perspective will manifest positively. If you are found guilty with the current charges that you're facing, what is the ultimate, um, you know, what, what would you be facing? I don't know, and I don't really want to think about that. Mm. I have excellent lawyers. Uh, from Zimbabwe Lawyers for Human Rights, and they will inform me of the things I need to be informed of. September 18 is still six weeks off, Mm. and I I want to be happy and productive in those six weeks. So I don't really want to think about things not going the proper way for me. Mm -hmm. Arthur in Cape Town has sent an SMS saying, please ask Sissy, what if... Um, what is the Zimbabwe that would you, what that you think would be great, and what will it take for Zimbabwe to be great again? And this is a question that she says: Could you address a young Zimbabwean, please? On yes, um, a great Zimbabwe for me is a great Zimbabwe for the citizens. Mm-hmm. It's a, um, a Zimbabwe where every citizen has the food, the clothing, the shelter, the education, the water, uh, the health services that they need. They have opportunities to go out and work and make a life for themselves. That is the Zimbabwe that I would like to see, a Zimbabwe where people are happy to have their children with them rather than fighting to send their children out of the country, a Zimbabwe where people, Zimbabweans, actually want to stay and work in because it offers them uh, a good life. On the other hand, that means that the Zimbabweans need to input into that as citizens and not think it is going to be given to them by anybody else, including their own government. Uh, And so it's really important for Zimbabweans 
to engage in that process, and that is why I try to engage with people broadly to bring that shift of consciousness about that we, we are not subjects of our government. We are citizens of our nation. Award-winning author, Sisi Dangaremba, who is also, a, you know, she was arrested the other day on Friday. We'll wait to see what happens on the 18th of September when she reappears again in court. And uh, we wish you all the best, Sisi. Thank you so much for talking to us. And uh, please stay safe. Thank you. Thank you.